Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. Kickstart for you for November 1st one. It's November 6th today. 11-6. 11-6. You know, because it's a new month, right? We're in a new theme. And our theme, if you know, if you listen to last week's movie episode, we're into Noir-vember. Noir-vember. November for the first time in our five years of November's existence and talking about it on mic and behind mic and all over the place. We finally did it and this month is chock full of yumminess. <laughs> chock full of nuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean like nuts, like the characters. There's a lot oh, of yeah, nuts in it. these movies. <laughs> some nuts up in their noggins, some never. Yeah. Some some of some of these fuckers are nuts, and some of them are nuts. Especially week two, lots of yeah. nuts going off in that movie. Yeah, we so we dropped Night in the City last Wednesday for Patreon, Friday for public release. That Patreon release, of course, is not only just early access, but it's a got a few minute more extra minutes. This coming week's episode is more than just a few minutes extra on the Patreon side. It's going to be a substantial chunk because we did talk quite a bit about it. Yeah. And probably one of the longest recordings we've ever we've had with a non-guest on. So it should be it should be a nice one. I, I've already started assembling it, and it is it's good. It's a good conversation. And uh, I was like trying to figure out parts of like shit. Is this good extra stuff? Is this good extra stuff? The extra stuff I got to tell you though. One I don't pull it just because. You don't lose anything on the public side. You're still getting the same story. It's just these little anecdotes that we we come across, things we talk about in between. I definitely think adds to the to the story. I talked to a couple of people that listened to this last week's episode, and noticed there's only it's only three minutes difference. But they said I listened to both, and the three minutes was like really good. And I didn't know where it was, and I had, once I told them where it was. And they went, oh, that's a good, because that's, it was pretty seamless. I don't just go randomly go like some podcasts do with the high behind paywalls. They'll just pull out the good stuff, like right when it gets good. And then say, if you right. want to listen to the rest of this, go on Patreon. I don't do that. That's stupid. But if we want to shortcut people, we don't want to, yeah, man. you know, Come uh, on. people that are listening publicly, but Patreon deserves a little bit extra. The only thing I wish about Night in the City is that it was more available, like for people to watch because yeah. it's so fucking good. Yeah. Not everybody wants to run out and spend 30 bucks on the Blu-ray, but no. if you're going to buy a Blu-ray and you want to buy something awesome, it's definitely a movie you might want to own. I mean, yeah. I, I already own a couple iterations of it, both of them Criterion, but uh, both of right. them non-4K or Blu-ray. I mean, I have both. I have, it's funny. I have two versions of the original DVD for some reason. I don't know why. But I do. But, uh, you know, most of, the, most of the extras we talked about or most of the stuff that's on that Blu-ray, there's a few new things. But, I mean, I mean we're talking about a 73-year-old movie. So, you know, it's only going to look so good. And it looks great anyway. Even on the DVD, I was shocked at how well, it, I mean, how it still looks amazing. But that's because Criterion always kind of, you know, got you the best. Or, well, not always, but... Uh, Criterion always did their best to get like the best version of, you know, especially when they were releasing, you know, DVDs in the early 2000s, I think. Right. But uh, so November, right? So here we are in November. Let me ask you a question because I was reading, do you follow old films flicker? No. At all? Uh, well, it's it this one. He said old, old fool fucker. <laughs> old fool fuckers. No, uh, old films. That's us. Um, but uh, this uh, old films flicker. 
Mara E. Gates, Miss Myra, Mara E. Gates. It's her Instagram handle, and but she posts a lot of noir stuff. But I think she's the one who coined the phrase November. I'm not 100% sure that's true. You can investigate, and then you can tell me I'm wrong. It's fine. But uh, she's got a list of the 100 most influential noir films, I think, right now, that she did for Rotten Tomatoes, which I think, if you look at her, if if you're interested, look at her Instagram, then you can track it down from there. But there's her list of the 100 most influential um, noir films. Lots of good ones on there. And not shockingly... We're covering at least two of them. <laughs> right. At least Without two. looking at her list before. So there you have it. <laughs> right. So speaking of noir, there was a, a book that came out last year. Right. And neither one of us has read it, but it looks extremely appetizing. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying this fucking thing, like, for, I don't know why, what algorithm I, whatever I, whatever, whatever went into my cube, but, but every time I open my Amazon, it opens up. And uh, like I told you when, when we were talking beforehand, I was like, I should just plug this book. And you were like, you should plug it. And I'm like, yeah, so we're plugging this book we haven't read, but that's okay. <laughs> <I haven't> read <laughs> it. <laughs> because there's lots of things to like about it. Lawrence Tierney, Hollywood's real life tough guy by Bert Kearns. And Bert Kearns wrote, uh, what did you say he wrote? The Gene Simmons. Yeah, he wrote a Gene Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Not Gene Simmons from Kiss, but Gene Simmons, the actress. Hold on, hold on a second, dude. <laughs> That's the secret history of rock and roll with Gene Simmons. Isn't Gene Simmons the actress? Oh, it's not. No, it's really oh, well, about Gene Simmons, not Gene Simmons. Well, good, there we go. I was hoping That's it was my, about, my, I was hoping it was about the actress. Yeah, that's my point. It's like this guy doesn't pull any punches with his books. Oh, because I was like, when you said that earlier, I was like, well, how much could there be? What kind of dirt could there be on <laughs> there Gene really Simmons, isn't the actress? She, I mean, <laughs> I think of her as sister, sister Sarah from Guys and Dolls. Is like, I'm like, what could she possibly be about? Well, no. great. It is about it's Gene Simmons from Kiss. So dig yeah. it up. <laughs> to see if it's better for, for Lawrence Tierney. Yes. So. <laughs> that makes a whole lot more sense, dude. Because I was going to say, Gene Simmons to Lawrence Tierney. I mean, he must have been bold. I don't know what Gene Simmons' life was like, the actress. But I can't yeah. imagine it was anything <laughs> near Lawrence tyranny but gene no. simmons from kiss sure i sure. yes 100 <laughs> percent. all right well there we go cleared that up yeah, yeah. you can see that cover of mike going hey that doesn't look like gene simmons the actress yeah the irony of course is that gene simmons the rock performer turned actor played a woman ish what yeah. was his character's name in that in never too young to die yeah god i don't remember yeah, but it's it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, and I, you know, and again, my reason for watching the movie certainly wasn't for John Stamos or Gene Simmons, so my remembrance of the movie is quite uh, you know different. I mean, I almost forget that he's in it. I mean, for me, the, there's only one Gene Simmons role that stands out in my mind. <laughs> Velvet von Ragnar. Velvet <laughs> von Ragnar. But, but it goes by Carruthers. Right? Sure. Oh my God, that movie was so ridiculous. Like cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, this movie was written and directed by cocaine. Oh my God, ridiculous. Anyway, the Lawrence Tierney book. The Lawrence Tierney book. Back to that. Back to our our sponsor. Uh, the Lawrence Tierney book. Hollywood's real life tough guy. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fascinated. I, I mean, I've already got it. Pre, it's in my cart. I just got to punch the ticket to get it. But I mean. If you know anything about Lawrence Tierney, uh, you know, the guy is, most, most people who listen to this, I'm just going to 
hedge a bet. Uh, the movie they're most familiar with with Lawrence Tierney is um, The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad. He plays the Angels manager. Uh, at the, no, that's not really. He does, but that's not it. It's uh, Reservoir Dogs. He plays oh, John. Oh, it's not Silver Bullet? It's not Silver Bullet. Okay. Oh, maybe it is Silver Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Silver Bullet, Naked Gun, then Reservoir Dogs. Those are the go. three movies you probably know <laughs> in, in, in that order. But there was a point in the 30s and 40s where, you know, he was, if you were making a, a noir film and the bad, I mean, dude, he, his portrayal of, in Robert Wise's Born to Kill, his character is Born to Kill. Uh, and he's and he's also plays John Dillinger in the uh, 1945 Dillinger. And he's so, I mean, he's so good, dude. He's like, yeah. He, he literally is jumping off the screen and like, there's never a moment of doubt when you're looking at, uh, at Tierney in these movies where you're like, oh fuck, man, what was he, man, he must've been fucking terrifying to work with on set, man. Yeah. Like just never knowing how far he's going to go or where he's going to go or the cover alone, right? Let's talk about the cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks like Alan Ladd gone crazy. Right. Those eyes, man. It's funny because he's he's almost unrecognizable from the Lawrence Tierney uh, that that we're all mostly familiar with from Reservoir Dogs and stuff. Right. But yeah, man, I'm I'm very excited to uh, get this book and actually get into it now that you know. And the more we talk about it, the more excited I am because it just <laughs> looks out of control. Yeah, it does. It this. The unusual for even for a book uh, with the subject that's not exactly as well known as many others that get a book this far to their this far after their death or just this much this much career this guy has had. It's a pretty thick book. The hardcover, no paperback yet, because <laughs> I just don't think it's it's sold enough. It's ranked seventeen hundred and seventy. Sorry, seventeen hundred and one on movie history and criticism on Amazon. That's not that's not very good. And 7,376 for actor and, and entertainer biographies, which is probably more telling than anything. Um, but there is, if you don't want to run around the hardcover book, there's a Kindle version of it. Which funny about that one, it's 666 pages. So that kind of is a little, <laughs> that's kind of a lot. That is a big book, man. Well, it tells you how big the, the hardcover is because the hardcover was, is 432 pages. So it tells you how large that that hardcover is. That's a big hardcover. So it's a normal one, eight and a half by ten or eleven or whatever the hell it is. Oh yeah, it's something a, big. It's a, that's like the size of that's the size of a biography you get for somebody like Harry S. Truman. I remember when I, was, <laughs> I had the Truman biography like in 1991. I don't know. I think I'll join one of those fucking Columbia book clubs, and I Oops. forgot to send him my thing and. I was sent the Truman biography, which I did end up reading, which, but man, I didn't need like 1900 pages of Harry Truman, but that's what I'm saying. That that's, it's probably the same size of book. I like hope it, it's one of those things you can club somebody with. I'm looking forward to it. It looks, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it looks great. Um, uh, again, we don't, we don't talk about books a lot on here, but th this one literally, and when I say jumps out at me, it literally jumps out at me every time I open my iPad to the Amazon <laughs> app or there's a notification. Something that might interest you. <laughs> and I go like, it's still that Lawrence Tierney book. So they're really giving me the full court press on Lawrence Tierney. So that's why we're giving it to you guys. It's Noir Vember. Uh, there's nobody more Noir Vember than fucking Lawrence Tierney, in my no. opinion. Um, so the, if you're looking for something to read, let's let's all get it and read it. And then we'll have a group discussion. <laughs> we'll do it on Patreon. Let's do that. 
Let's I'm talk serious, about man. We'll sit in like a book circle, like a no, book we'll club. Sit, yeah, no, we'll have we'll we'll have readings. We'll do readings. Yeah, for we'll it. do dramatic readings. Well, you know, because I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure it's going to call for it. Yeah, you know. But look, it's something like seriously. I'm being totally serious. If you, if you guys, if, if people want to get it, we want to read it, and then we want to do. We, we, I'm sure we could do some kind of open forum. At least one time where we could sit and talk about it and talk about how crazy, ridiculous, badass Lawrence Tierney was. <laughs> she tried to fight me when I told her to take off her bra. Dude, I, my, uh, there was this guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I was friends with him when I first moved to LA, like in 93, 94, Jerry. He was from Arizona. I can't remember Jerry's last name, but Jerry was Lawrence Tierney's assistant. Jeez. After Reservoir Dogs. Oh, man. So, <laughs> till the end. And uh, Jerry would just tell us all these crazy stories, like he, you know, having to go to the frolic room and, and you know, trying to drag Lawrence Tierney, even who, who was probably in his 70s at that point. But still, this he's still this guy you see on the cover of this book, <laughs> right. right up to the end. And Jerry had all these crazy, you know, stories, which I can't really remember any of them specifically. I just remember thinking, this is fucking ridiculous. How are you? And the guy was a background artist because I was doing, this was like 93, 94, probably. Right. So, you know, I think I was doing background, you know, just bumping around doing like oh, whatever I could to make money because it didn't matter. I mean, it was kind of like, yeah, sure, I'll show up. Somebody be like, hey, dude, you want to come and sit? And well, yeah, yeah, great, great, great. So I would tag along with friends. And that's how I met Jerry. He was a friend of this girl I knew uh, named Ray, who was also from Arizona. But Jerry had all these crazy stories, and Jerry was like this little, like kind of nerdy dude. He kind of looked like Corey Haim from Lucas <laughs> with curly locks and uh, no muscle tone at all. Just one of those skinny little kid, skinny kids who you know. He was funny. He he had a great sense of humor, and he was he was a pretty smart dude, but. He would always tell these fucking horrible stories of like, you know, Lawrence Tierney and getting, having to muscle Lawrence Tierney in and out of places. And I was just like, you? And I'm like, wow. They were just funny stories. It's funnier if you could picture Jerry. I'll see if I can dig up a picture of him. I might have a picture somewhere and we could post it on that. All right. Enough of my Lawrence Tierney. (laughs) Buy the book. Let's talk. Lawrence Tierney was wild, man. I, that guy, he said, he said in an interview, like right after he had done um, Silver Bullet, talking he was pretty frank about it like yo my drinking he finally made to be an alcoholic in in the 70s oh, yeah. or early 80s no, early 80s i think said that i've ruined seven careers through my drinking yeah it just it's but you know he also he, he was a bad boy i mean like, it's amazing that he didn't like kill anybody driving yeah, around drunk totally. all the time in town but that's what the book probably talks about, gets into all that, I'm sure. And the book's only 432 pages, so that's not terrible. That's not terribly long. And it's a, it's a big read for sure because of, you know how big that book is and the print yeah. is probably 12 points, so it's going to be a lot, lots of small words. I'll see if I can. I'm going to make I'm going to look and see, and I bet you that they have a, a version for, you know, people who don't like, who can't read tiny writing. Oh, well, yeah, that's what you the know, Most of the people who read this is going to be a large format, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> For the old people who know who if he I, is. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. For people who know who he is, it's got to be large format. I'm looking at the, uh, you know, the sample of the Kindle version and the, in the, in the print's a decent size. So it definitely, violence, chaos, and drunkenness is the, is the, is the first chapter after the intro, after the prologue. We go right to violence, chaos, and drunkenness. I mean, it's not going to get any better than that. Everybody, let's read it. Let's talk. Let's do that thing. Friend of the show. Whitney Ann Adams has dove into the side of Patreon herself. Fantastic. She just started it today. 
She has. It's called Tales from a Costume Designer. And, and dude, her tears, this is what makes it fun because a lot of people are aware of Patreon for a variety of, of artistry. Most of the time it's for podcasts and to support podcasts through tiers that have different types of content. I hate using that word, but it fits. But she's got something that I've seen only a few other people do, and usually photographers and things like that. But what she is doing, you know, she has this podcast element to it that's going to kind of grow outward as she gets more into it. But one of her tiers is so fucking cool you can join her group for free. There, there is just just to be aware of what she's got going on. But then there's this membership side. That's where her tiers exist. And she's got a Discord. She has an AMA that she's going to do once a month. You know, hey, ask a costume designer. She'll do an AMA with with people. That's at her lowest tier. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. But then when you get into these upper, upper tiers here, where she does a personal styling, where she'll one time during the year you'll get two hours during a calendar year to talk about your style and her kind of give you pointers and ideas on how you can dress differently. That's fucking cool, dude. <laughs> That's really cool. But lots of different flavors there available to you. Um, check it out. I'm, I'm definitely putting in the notes and, and uh, the, the podcast side of thing, I, I don't think it's ready to launch right away, but like I said, pop into this Patreon link. We'll, we're going to put in the show notes and take a look and, and see if there's anything in there that 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 you might dig. But I, based on the feedback we got and all the episodes that she's done with us, there's a lot of people that are I think are going to be intrigued and right up this is going to be right up their alley because costume design is not a big thing that gets discussed not with not with any uh, consistency. No, on, no, on not podcast. at all. And also, you know, Whitney's very studied and you know she's a. Uh, Yep. She's a student of film. So there'd be a lot of insight and a lot of, she does her homework. Yeah. Yeah. And she's super passionate about what she does. It's not just relative to what she's currently doing. I mean, right. how many movies has she seen this last week? Six, seven? Yeah, at least. In the last five days. <laughs> you know, you can tell by listening to any of the episodes that she's been on, she knows her shit. Not just related to her craft, but movies in general. Like you said, she's very much a student of cinema. Do we get perks, Whitney, for being like number one and two? <laughs> Do you get perks? <laughs> Here's the thing. The drag about Patreon is you can gift certain things. They're, they're better about that now, but they have weird stipulations on it. So I don't even know how that would work. But Right. You can't give people computers and stuff. So I'm very excited for uh, her to uh, get that thing going. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. Like I, I went through it. It looks great, too. It looks great. It, it, it's set up well. It looks good on the phone. It looks good on the iPad. I haven't looked at it on full screen computer yet, but I'm sure that I guess she built it. She built it for all platforms, so you know I'm sure the other. The, if those two look fine, I'm sure it looks even better on a bigger screen. Very excited for her. That's awesome. It looks great on the app. There's just something about the Patreon app that really it formats well, and that's what I always look at when I'm setting up our episodes because there's something about that they, they they have struggled to accommodate for, and that's people resizing their windows constantly. You know, if you're on an iPad or you're an Android phone, if you're on a mobile device, I should just say, it's locked into that screen size. So, you know, it, the formatting is already bound by what that phone or tablet is capable of producing. On, on the desktop side, you can keep resizing windows. And so the format just changes. It just, most of the time, it just widens everything. and makes everything bigger. The text stays the same, but the banners that you make all stay the same size. It's not, it's not great. It's not the best experience in the world, but 
Hey man. That's why you do it on your that's why you do it on your phone. Yeah, that's right. That's why the world is built to look at shit through on your phone now. This is how no, it is. Of course, I was at a party last night for um, Joey's bandmate, and I was watching a Kings game on my phone, which is never something I do. But I had, that was just in a mood. I was I had a long day, so I was just wanted to watch some some hockey. So I did. So I'll put it in the show notes if you need to know exactly what the link is. It's really long. It's a long link. It's patreon.com slash tales from a custom designer. Little on the long side, but that's what the link is for. It'll take you right to it. Click it. Yeah. If you go off the link, that's directly in Patreon app itself or in your podcast app. If you're using the RSS feed, you can just go ahead and just click on that link there. It says tales from a costume designer and with an exclamation point, because I, I like to do that. And I'll take you right to her Patreon page and you can see all those goodies there and figure out which one fits you best. But again, you can join and follow along with her on Patreon for free. So it's all those other tiers. You'll check it out. There's a lot. She has a lot to offer. It's not cumbersome. There's not too much going on. And each tier really has some unique stuff that, again, on top of already a, a craft that's not really well covered on in this space. So I think it's going to be good for everybody to check out if you have interest in anything Whitney has to talk about with her career or just movies in general because she's, like I said, she's a student of the art for sure. So show. Real quickly, there are two uh, Blu-ray releases, which I think we should just throw out and just talk about real quick. Not even talk about them. I'm just going to mention them because you're going to laugh. And I think everybody's going to laugh, but people will appreciate this. But our good pals at Kino, I just got an email. <laughs> While we're recording, oddly enough, now on Blu-ray, American Ninja and American Ninja 2, starring Michael Dudikoff. Yay. <laughs> from Canon Films. Uh, two movies that, yeah, who doesn't need these on Blu-ray? There you go. Don't know what the extras are. You, if you're interested in the movies, you're going to just look it up anyway. But they're both available. And yeah, they came out last, last Tuesday. Last week. Halloween. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing like Kino getting that email out promptly. <laughs> <laughs> I love them, but dude, sometimes they don't send shit out until like stuff's been out for two or three weeks. It's funny. Blu-ray.com already has a review up because the movie's been out for a week. Yep. So... It's got four and a half stars on the audio side and a solid four out of five on the video side. These are that's Blu-ray.com's review of it. And the extras is a solid four. Now you yeah. get extras in, a, in the four. Hell, you get extras in the three out of five. You're looking at some I mean, pretty good I'm, stuff. I'm looking at, you know, it's got auto commentary with Sam Furstenberg and Steve Lambert, the stunt coordinator. Then there's right. another one with Steve, uh, Sam Furstenberg. And it's moderated by uh, Elijah Drenner. Uh, Rumble in the Jungle, the making of American Ninja, feature it with Michael Dudikoff, Judy Aronson, and Sam Furstenberg, which it's 22 minutes, and I think it's new. So it's it, I feel like it's you're going to get to you know catch up with the American Ninja himself, Michael Dudikoff, and uh, yeah. hear him reminisce about uh, their time making American Ninja. I mean, I don't know, man. You know, Kino does put fun stuff on these things. And Sam's no spring chicken, dude. Sam's like 73 years old. Well, so Dudikoff is, is no spring chicken either. I feel like he's got to be 70. Uh, maybe. I mean, he was on Happy Days. <laughs> he's going to be mid 60s. He's got to, I'm, I'm going, I'm going over under, I'm going over 67. 69. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very close he, to 70. Dude, he, he pulled that actress thing, dude. It doesn't say the year, just says, uh, uh, just, sure. says just says the year, but nothing else. On Ninja 2. X, you know, same kind of fun package. 
American Ninja in Cape Town, the making of American Ninja 2. So you get another 20, 16 minute behind the scenes with the, you know, feature that with, with the actors and Gary Conway, the executive producer. Oh, and, and, and Avi Lerner, executive producer. Avi Lerner is going to be on that. You know, so wow. that'll be fun. <laughs> Dude, that might be the best one of the two. A hundred percent it might be. <laughs> uh, but again, you get two the two audio commentaries uh, with Furstenberg and, uh, you know, Drenner on the one and then stunt coordinator B.J. Davis. Because those movies, if they're about anything, really, it's about stunts and, and all the American Ninja things. But again, you know, there is a market for these. People love these movies, man. I mean, I've, I've seen the first two at least, I don't know, fucking ten times a piece. Most early on when I was a kid, I mean, this is a movie. I would just put on and we would rewind it and we'd play it again and just because it, it was so ridiculous. Um, and Dudikoff was a badass. Anyway, there you go. So if you want to follow the show on the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. You can follow Corey on Letterboxd at Corey underscore Culp and on Instagram at Culprit97. And if you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Karate Pod. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll at 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at American Ninja 3 on Letterboxd. That's AM3. Oh, AN3. Good Lord, it's fucking Sunday. It's Sunday. Yeah, man. <laughs> American Ninja 3, Letterboxd.com. <laughs>